2: It's music to your ears. Shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com.
1: Welcome to episode 105 of Andor. We're back to a cold open. So... 105
2: uh, of Andor. It's 105 of Star Wars and Scotch, and we're talking about Andor.
1: Even better that I messed it up. That's so so on brand because it says episode one hundred and five Andor in the show notes, and I was just reading. That's what <laughs> episode one hundred and five of Star Wars. I'm like you Ron know Burgundy.
2: He always reads everything on the teleprompter.
1: Who put up here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ron. Burgundy. Episode welcome, yucky, welcome to episode one hundred and five of Andor. Sixty-five minutes at a minute and thirty <laughs> seconds. We will begin the intro. Intro radio.
2: rare drop stingers. <laughs> intro Kevin and Tim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to episode 105 of Star Wars and Scotch. We're going to be talking about Andor. Uh, I watched the two duku episodes of Tales of the Jedi this morning. No so good. Uh, poor Yaddle. Um, <laughs> oh and uh, uh, we'll talk about some other news, um, uh, mostly surrounding Andor and uh, Star Wars. But Tim, how, how have you been? How's uh, how's Call of Duty? You finished oh, Gotham Knights?
2: Uh, No, I'm gonna try to finish up Gotham Knights tonight or today because um, I held off on the ending for you But I had fun playing Gotham Knights with you Cod's been good. That's been fun. Uh, We had Halloween Kyler was uh, the Hulk for Halloween So that was fun. Yeah, I had
1: Rapunzel a pirate zombie and uh, Ash Ketchum were my kids
2: Halloween on a Monday is weird though. Um, you and I were talking about this, like, like, have, like you had, you had a drink station at, at your house. I where, did. like, I was walking around and people were like trying to hand me jello shots and stuff. And like trying to feed me like a bunch of our different neighbors, like had like food stations and stuff. And it's just like, man, like partying on like on a Monday night is just like, that ain't it. I wish Halloween yeah. was always on a Saturday or a like, Yeah. A Saturday or Friday night.
1: If I, if it was a Saturday or Friday, like I, I probably would have got a lot yeah, of my neighbors got, drunk. I
2: would have had a bunch of jello shots. That would have been fun.
1: The whole point of this experiment was to identify which neighbors are fun and which neighbors suck. And I was able to do that. Oh, so how
2: did mm-hmm. you mark that? Like, how are you going to remember that? Because I would forget. I did an ocular pat
1: down of the situation and I assessed and I Great. made sure that I now understand mm. who are the fun neighbors. And then when I walked around, I was able to identify some of their houses too. also figured out where a bunch of people that go to the gym with us live, which was awkward. I was like, hey. Kevin
2: hey this is, kevin you're buddy the, you're the guy from this episode
1: hey buddy you're the you. cre-
2: you're the creepy
1: stalker i uh, yeah <laughs> just waiting for people outside Sorry. trick or treat
2: um geez <laughs> hey it's me drink guy
1: yeah no one guy i was talking to and i said hi and i was like you go to la fitness right and he was like yeah i've seen you around i was like yeah nice
2: all right see you later <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you, what else do you say nice nice form i really like your biceps <laughs>
1: You, uh, your arms look great.
2: <laughs> great.
1: Ass. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, it, it's been, uh, it was, it was, it was a, it was a fun little Halloween.
2: Good. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. I didn't see many. I saw one Mando.
2: That was it. I didn't see, I don't, well, I mean like, oh, yeah, we got a lot of littles in our neighborhood. So yeah, no one was <laughs> like star Wars. Everything was like ge- generic costume. Like, oh, you're a dinosaur or, oh, you're a Marvel superhero. You know, nothing like really crazy. Yeah,
1: I it was it was mostly for us. It was there were two entire families dressed up as the family Madrigal from Encanto.
2: Oh, that's so excessive.
1: And then there was a Jurassic Park family, which I think they win because their son was in one of those blow up triceratops suits and he could barely walk and I had to like scoop candy out for him.
2: Speaking of of like crazy, did you see Grant's setup? Grant, yeah. my friend Grant? Yeah, yeah from from yeah. under Oath. he had he did a whole Rick and Morty for a stroller his oldest, oh that was him that went Danielle was watching his oldest was Rick and his youngest was Morty and he's pushing him around in Rick's spaceship it was so good next year I need to I need to go all out hopefully by then I'll have my mando outfit holy crap this is taken forever do you remember that that was like a year and a half ago that? yeah that was a year and a half ago so the guy that I that I was introduced to, he worked with uh, Lucas Films for the first season of Mando, mm-hmm. and so I hit him up and I'm like, hey man, blah 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 blah. And then he got he, he got hit by COVID, and like mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, uh, his business slowed down and he lost stuff and all and all those things. And then he said he's finally back up and running, so hopefully we'll have it before the next season of Mando. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. And then I'll be Mando for Halloween.
1: I hope so and for GCX hopefully
2: yeah I have to I, yeah I got to get my money's worth
1: out of that out of that costume yeah but. no I'd love for you to be man to come eat come meet, man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come meet Tim Tim DeLorean
2: Tim DeLorean
1: <laughs> why is that bounty hunter hanging out at that temple um <laughs> yeah so uh, uh it's uh it was a good Halloween I had yeah, fun but yeah. yeah I didn't see many Star Wars costumes I saw a ton of family Madrigal and saw like seven Harry Potters oh wow is star
2: wars yeah. just not in right now for the kiddos
1: i guess i think it's probably more um of an adult thing right now yeah. maybe kind of sort of my son did come in this morning uh and sat down and now he wants to watch all of tales of the jedi because he caught nice. the Guys, of... they're really good yeah so he wants to uh he wants to watch uh those so we're gonna sit down and watch that but he's very into batman right now because he keeps peeking over my shoulder with nice. arkham knights yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so we're watching batman the animated series too Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, no, that's cuz that's my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so uh Andor. Well, before we do that, delicious Kings Coast coffee. Um I know you probably missed out on mango honey cuz you didn't listen to me and Tim and you didn't get your mango honey and now it's gone and it won't be back till next year, but it's the holidays, which so means rare. offerings are going to be coming i will say this and i will say i said it on old-fashioned i'm going to say it on star wars and scotch i say it on the streams we have less cocoa than we've had in years because of supply chain issues oh no so when cocoa goes on sale i suggest you buy it as quickly as you can that is all i'm saying as quickly as you can Good news. We were able to finally, we couldn't get bourbon barrels for the longest time. Oh, we are finally able to get barrels again. So you'll be seeing some offerings in that department. Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Wayne was, uh, showing off the labels for, uh, the Christmas. Yeah. Those are really
2: really, yeah, really, really good. So I, don't know, man. I like, I like our fall stuff. Like I wish, I wish fall our autumn tie got to hang out a little bit more. Autumn tide won't go away till
1: like after Christmas rush because the first day of winter is when Wayne changes no, it over. First yeah, but, but okay,
2: but like, but but then the Chris, but we roll December twenty first. Yeah, but the Christmas stuff is really good too.
1: Why not both, Timothy?
2: Yeah, because then I end up with too much coffee. And that's not because our problem, but, okay, yeah. but not gonna lie, like our Christmas stuff is really good. I love the Christmas blend. Like, that's love. why it's so hard. Because it's like, you know, autumn's really good. But, like, the Christmas stuff's really good, too. And, like, I'd rather just have the Christmas stuff. Not going
1: to lie. Yeah. I
2: love it. But that. autumn tide's so good, it just doesn't have enough time
0: to shine.
1: The one thing I do want for our uh, Christmas blend, or our cocoa, is I want to get those shitty dehydrated marshmallows that you could put in Swiss Miss. Yeah. I don't know where to buy those.
2: Oh, you should just... What if you just made your own? I can do that. You can
1: well, we're not going to talk about how today, but Tim, send me that information afterwards because I now I'm now I'm I get intrigued. a
2: lot of really cool, like healthy DIY TikTok videos for like, hey, do you want to eat healthy and still enjoy your food? This guy made marshmallows and they were awesome.
1: I saw a guy last night completely, you know, the guy on YouTube with the commercials that's like cardio doesn't burn fat. You know, that guy that's just like being yeah, an yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he ripped him apart. So oh, I saw video last night it was really good. Wonderfully, nicely the looks like the Viking. Yeah.
2: yeah 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 he's got like the metal in his beard yeah I really and like he's like so let me shit. get this
1: straight and he's yeah. like tracing back fat and all that stuff and he's like it is not the fat burner but it burns fat and it's better for your overall health yeah and i didn't know the separation of the thin fat versus the your, like visceral, the outer your fat.
2: visceral fat versus your uh your didn't adverse. know
1: about that so that's like the, cool that makes me feel good about doing cardio yeah
2: okay we're getting into a freaking workout take to our anyway uh, so uh,
1: kingscoastcoffee.com and uh, uh uh let's talk about and or so right, um this, this kind of yeah because tim hates talking about health and working out i could talk um, about it all day so we are we we had our train robbery and now we're getting our good old fashioned prison break coming. Yeah, but it's, not just, but
2: it's not just a prison break, Kevin. Like, like there's so much more to this. This is this was probably the the darkest Star Wars episode ever. I was
1: simplifying it down to the prison break, but oh yes, there's my. a lot of intricacies in, in, entwined in, in it.
2: God, this was like if you wanted Jason Bourne in Star Wars, this is it like that's what we said the tone of this was so awesome like i just i don't know what else they could do to try to sell this show like that episode in of itself if you just let people watch that after watching that i want an isb show i literally just want to watch the isb just go around and interrogate people because like i am so awesome I am thoroughly
1: enjoying Andor being the show that really takes the people that say and I'm I'm not saying this against you because I know we joke about this, but the people that actually think this the Empire did nothing wrong people.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like you need to watch Andor if you haven't watched Andor yet, because well, they're shit. really driving yeah. home how Most definitely bad things were. Yeah. Under the Empire for the average average person. Um is there security? Yes, but security comes at a price. And then we're not going to have a whole political debate about security versus freedom versus all, because the Republic has its issues, which is highlighted in Tales of the Jedi yeah. as well. So we're not saying it that, but we are saying the Empire did a lot wrong. And it's really front and center in, in Andor uh, uh, on multiple occasions. This episode, a lot more than the rest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The, the the one part that really caught me was when they found the rebel pilot. And then they were like, how can we, how can we figure out where this ship would go? And they're like, oh, easy enough. We'll kill the pilot. We'll track the ship and we'll let him tow it into <laughs> into the port. Just like, wait, you're going to, you're going to like that's CIA level stuff. Like those are things oh, you yeah. read in like a Tom Clancy book. You know, it's just, it was so cool to just, just see that, you know, it's, it's evil and it's dark. But at the same time, like getting to like, like you said, the intricacies of the empire and all of its facets in, in the ISB operating the way that it does, which it really it operates autonomously from the rest of the empire. It has full reign to do whatever the hell it wants. As long yep. as it, as long as it puts up the numbers, they're happy. So like, that's so like, that's another crazy part for me.
1: So, uh, you know, and then you, it, just like, just like, in real life, and again, mirroring real life, you have people like Karn and Perrin who are like, rah, rah, you know, let's keep this 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 empire train going. This is great. I love living under this regime. We need yeah. order. We need protection. We need safety. Um, not realizing you think it's not realizing or is it a willful ignorance, depending on who you're talking to, to be honest, um, what's actually happening out there and people are dying and this is not going well and. You know, you saw it in, in the Senate scene, too, with Mon Mothma. I thought that was very powerful. The people shutting off their their lights and I don't want to say protest, but I guess disagreement. Um, And, you know, just literally leaving the Senate chamber in the middle of her speech. You saw people shutting them off on their little pod and then they would walk yeah. out the door.
2: Yeah, and you, but you could hear people in the background saying, like, listen to her. Arguing. But believe her. And and then you see the majority of them leaving. And that was, that was definitely very powerful because then it, it really starts to show how and how easily it was for the emperor to just disassemble the the senate for him to just completely dissolve the senate because everybody was so willing they were so willing to just do whatever the emperor was saying
1: i'm telling you yeah half the senate was probably like yeah go ahead take over these people don't know what they're
2: talking about you'll do a better job you heard people screaming long live the empire you know why why did they all of a sudden And and like and you hear mon like you know you know that that entire speech he's like like you know stand with me and and have this conversation with me and and make me believe that when we really come in here we're doing our job you know we're actually fighting for the people and not just you know being these political pawns for the emperor and i thought that was a really powerful speech because it again it just really sets the tone as as to why she's wanting to commit these these crimes against the empire and then the fucking bomb gets dropped we find out that Bella's her sister or her cousin was, oh yeah. my gosh, that was crazy! I was not expecting that. So that ex, that like, so now like her connection with Luthen makes even more sense because Vel was probably the third party in that can in that meetup, uh, or they met him together or something. But there's definitely like this this thing where she knows that Bell is working with Luthen, and but she doesn't know the extent at which she, she's like she's go- how deep she's in with him.
1: It's reminding me a lot of like the American Revolution story where all of a sudden these rich people that are entrenched in, you know, British culture and whatnot are subversively meeting with, you know, the rebels. Like George Washington was a big deal in, you know, the British Army and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize that. So it reminded me a lot of those stories where you have people like Mon Mothma and Vel who are entrenched in this society. They're doing well. Mm-hmm. like they could just sit back relax and and you know it's like uh uh what movie shawn of the dead where he's like go be down to the winchester sip down a pint wait for it all to blow over <laughs> like they could easily do that and look the yeah. other way but they're not you know right. vel even when she's leaving she's like please act like a spoiled rich girl for you know a little while to throw people off the scent because i yeah. think at this point she knows that vel's obviously not telling her everything and i have a feeling she has an inkling that vel was involved in aldani sure. um but uh, they can't; they can only say so much. And then her friend, who's the banker now, has her meeting with this the gangster. Thug. But this is how revolutions happen: oh, you sure. have to you give money. up. You need dirty money. You need the people that know how to move dirty money. I think that's part of what's happening here.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and you know, the less desirables—I'm putting up air quotes for you, audio listeners—the less desirables of society suddenly become very useful allies yeah. because they're the ones who know what needs to be done to make a revolution occur. And that's what I'm enjoying about the show. We are seeing exactly what we said beforehand, the Jason Bourne and the seeds of the rebellion. We've never seen this side of of what's happening in the empire and the Republic, or not the Republic, the rebellion at this time. We've never seen how these seeds were sown. And yeah. then we're seeing the factions. We saw, like we said, Sagarrera. We have Mon Mothma, And they're not agreeing with each other. They all have different ideas of how they want to go about this. And that's what makes it messy. And that's what makes it fun for the viewer. She's yeah. like, how the heck? You you know how it ends. But are you not, Tim, sitting there at this point like, how the hell are these people going to pull this off? Like, yeah, that's where no, I'm at mentally. Most
2: definitely. But it goes back to that line that we heard in one of the, the earlier episodes of the guy who, who flipped on Cassian when he was like, everyone has their own rebellion. You know, like everyone's fighting for their own reasons. And like, yep. that's like, that's the coolest part is like you said, like everyone's doing it their way. And somehow, some way, everybody comes together at the end. Yep. You know, like, that's the cool part, you know, like but you're right. And like, and that's, again, I think Andor has done the best job of really keeping the finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. And we can kind of relate to that in certain areas. And I think this is another one of those ways where it's just like it's really cool to kind of see like how, like you said, like how these these uh, how a a rebellion is put together. You know what what does it really take?
1: Yeah, I mean it it, it and I think that uh, I don't want to say it's the point of the show because it's not, but I think it's a huge part of the storytelling in the show is what is it going to take to get this done? And I know I've harped on this, I know I've said it, but I'm loving that it's really hearkening back to what he says in Rogue One. You know, I've done terrible things in the name of the rebellion Mm -hmm. and, and I'm loving seeing it played out. I'm like, uh, you know, it's really great to see the moral conundrum that my has placed herself in. We know where she ends up. We know that she's going to lead this rebellion and she's going to do a fantastic job, but how many, how many things along the way is she going to have to compromise to get to that place? And that's what I'm super interested in at this
2: point. Yeah. Cause and you also know like what happens after the fact too, but like yep. this is this big gap in between, you know, episode 3 and episode 4. And it's crazy to see like how much like she's going to have to go through. Like this idea of she needs 400,000 credits um and like the idea of like just dirty ledgers. You know, like that's like to me, that's so interesting because I want to see how that plays out. You know, like that's yeah. really cool. And and I and I said this to you right before we started. It was like if you if if you don't find this episode like to be like wow because i feel like it had so much of of the things that we've been looking for as like star wars fans like it just had so many different angles right like it had like the interrogation it had an assassination it had you know you're seeing cassian starting to build up this this like mini rebellion within um uh narkina Narc- 5 and so it's just like it's really really cool to see it it's like you could take this show isolated by itself give it to somebody and be like here what do you think and I'll, i do like i feel like this episode does the best job of selling the show it is just it was so well done this is a banger of an episode
1: i feel like you know with the introduction of this this davos i think his name was i can't remember um i'm like is it about to get sopranos now too that's what that's the vibe i'm getting like we're getting a little bit of that jason bourne Uh a little bit of that you know american revolution type of thing and now it's like oh are we gonna get a little bit of the sopranos mixed in here now too this is fun um and i I think that's the disconnect is because you have fans like me and you screaming on the internet, like you all need to watch the show. It's fantastic. But then again, Tim, I go back to what we say all the time. Like, I don't think this is a show Amy and Danielle would get into as much as us. Like Mandalorian is very palatable on the surface. I think Andor, you really have to understand the intricacies of Star Wars to fully grasp the brevity of what's happening in the show. And that's just my opinion. I, I could be completely off base there. But that's the feeling I'm getting. I'm not in a rush to watch this with my wife. Will we probably watch it over Christmas break or something? Sure. I think my son I think my son. is whoop, it's going to all go over his head, so I'm not even going to bother with him on this one. Um, so I think that's part of what's taking place here. But I will be interested to see, after the holidays, what the numbers look like, how many people watch it, people popping up on social media being like, man, Andor was really good. I, w- I wish I watched it sooner um, in that aspect. Uh, a lot of death in this episode.
2: Yeah. Uh, or or getting close to death. You know, like, I, I didn't know what was going to happen to Bix. I thought she was, I thought she was gone. Uh, Like, like that whole, like, when she's left, she's just like, uh, 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 she's just like whimpering and drooling all over herself. Like, that is. And just, what
1: happened to Pac then? Oh, my gosh. If he got it worse dead. than her.
2: I think he's dead. Well, she said, because she said the price that he paid. Hopefully, you don't need, you don't have to pay the price that he did. I'm like, okay, he's probably dead. Um, we had um, uh, Yoloff. Yoloff dies of a stroke. Um, no, no, yeah, Yoloff stroke, and then he gets euthanized. Yeah, um, that's so important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has a stroke, and then he's just like, he's not worth saving. And he's like, what do you mean? And like, so then we come to find out that no one in on Narquina Five actually gets out, uh, which is absolutely insane. So now we have we we are seeing the the slavery of the empire, you know, like we've read about it, right? We've read about, you know, the Wookiees getting enslaved. We've, you know, we've known that there are, there are these, these slave traders, right? But we've never really actually seen it before. And so that's really, really interesting that the empire is, is just openly just taking people, falsifying accusations and not giving them due process and then just putting them into worker camps or life. That's the craziest part to me. Like, that just, oh, my God.
1: Uh, So, with the whole euthanizing Olaf thing, I remembered a quote, uh, and it's a quote that's been, like, reformed, and and I think the last time I looked it up was by uh, Pearl Buck from the the book The Good Earth. Our society must make it right and possible for old people not to fear the young and be deserted by them, for the test of a civilization is the way that it cares for its helpless members. Oh. Again, going back to the propaganda of the empire and everything, I've heard it phrased that, like, a society is measured by the way it treats its elderly and its children. Yeah. So we're seeing it, and you see it played out in real life. I'm not going to name countries, but Google's a wonderful tool for you. <laughs> you know, indoctrinating your youth and discarding your elderly. That is yeah. the measure of, of a bad society. You know who else did that? The country and this that the empire is modeled after that's yeah. how the nazis treated their children and their elderly. So, we're seeing it again, you you empire apologists out there, your argument is being <laughs> torn to shreds with Andor. You just want um, Kevin. Yeah, and again, but that that is that is what makes storytelling so beautiful yeah. is the republic has its problems and again, we're going to talk about Tales of the Jedi Duko episodes in a second and we will dive into the republic's problems. But in the name of safety and order now, you've sacrificed that to get to this point yeah. where, you know, you have a man being euthanized in a work camp because he he is dying and useless to them at this point. 41 days before he's supposed to be released.
2: Yeah, but we just come to, come to find out that when he was going to get, get released, released, he was just going to go right back into circulation because you don't get out. And that's why they, they killed an entire work block. I liked
1: how they figured it out, too, because... Someone from cell block two that got or four that got out was just relocated to cell block two uh Uh-huh. or block two. They're not cells uh, work work block two. Uh, and I guess he started chirping and then they all figured it out. And now they're using those hand signals. But like, um, what do you think, I think?
2: OK, so what did the Empire think was going to happen when they recirculated an inmate when they're like, you'll get out at the end of your service? They don't care. Remember what
1: Cassian says?
2: They're not. Yeah, that's true.
1: We're cheaper than
2: we're cheaper than droids and
1: more easily replaceable.
2: So yeah, why would they care if he started talking? Because they could just kill. These are prisoners. They're them. the
1: they're dregs of They're the dregs that society has but forgotten. But they're
2: not. They were just rounding people up and giving them false. Oh. <laughs>
1: Again, go through so history. Gross, this has dude. happened in plenty of countries around the world over the course of history, so where people for petty. Cr- Including the one that Tim and I live in, uh, people are rounded up for m- minor crimes and then have these ridiculous sentences. Now it's Star Wars and it's fantasy, so they're taking it ten steps further. But right, um, yeah, it, th- this is how you this is how you run the war machine. This is how you. We still haven't figured out what they're making. I really hope we figure that out because I would love to know um, what they're producing in this in this factory. Hopefully
2: by the end of it, we'll find out.
1: But you called it last week, and you know, they really dove into it. Cassian is sizing everything up.
2: everybody. so he's currently he's like he looks like he's filing away in this bathroom at something. I have no idea what that is. It's a pipe uh, of some sort. some pipe that he's that he's filing away at. He's starting to like make friends and starting to talk and starting to figure things out. And by the end of it, Karn's ready to go. right Kino Kino. Kino's ready to go. Kino. Kino's like he before he's like I'm not telling you I'm just working out my sentence and when he finds out that there really is no way getting out, boom, he's on board and that's going to be the deciding factor. I think Kino and Cassian are gonna are gonna lead this group, which would make sense. I mean, having Andy Serkis as like a like a pivotal part of this makes a lot of sense. Hopefully, we don't lose him. I would love to have him a part of Star Wars going forward, um, as this character leading into epi- leading into Rogue One. Like if he if he dies like leading up to that or like we just kind of like we just he's one of the he's as part of the rebellion now or like that would be sick like i really like this character i would love to see that but i feel like we're gonna lose him at the end of this during the prison break he's probably gonna get shot or electrocuted or some some heroic saving moment for cassian
1: so you don't secretly think he's he's uh um what's his name from the sequel trilogy snoke you don't think he's secretly Snoke, like all these dumb <laughs> articles say? Come on, people.
2: This is real? I made that joke last week.
1: No, people are writing articles saying like no. is, is Andy Circus's second Star Wars character secretly Snoke.
2: Oh, what a bunch of dumbasses. He's covered up in prosthetics and, and, and CGI dots. Like that it's what? Also it's if anyone can play
1: if anyone can play two characters, it's Andy Serkis. It's totally yeah. fine.
2: Fucking Gollum, dude. Like, if, ah, oh, what the hell? I'm surprised yeah, they're not so. writing articles about that. Is Gollum also Snoke?
1: Fucking stupid. So, I mean, it's getting the prison break, I'm probably sure, is it's next episode. Wild, we, have, we have three more episodes, and I have a feeling there's going to be some crazy cliffhanger that has nothing to do with the prison at the end of the show. No. So, I have a feeling they're going to get out next episode.
2: Something's going to happen with ISB where it'll leave us on this, like, holy shit. Something with Lubu. is uncle harlow i don't know man like the okay okay first off the mom is a is a is a uh, uh just a by definition uh narcissist oh my god she is a bitch and a half uh i hate her the mother's terrible like she was just ripping into her son and then i got a promotion oh you're wonderful i love you oh my god i just wanted to reach through the screen and choke her but um, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea who Uncle Harlow is. I also think him him going back to the ISP headquarters and stalking. What is her name? I keep on forgetting. Mira. Uh, when he was stalking Miro, Miro. When he stalked Miro, and he got close to her, he he stole something from her. He's not. He's not, He's pretending to be creepy and to stalk her. He got an access key or something from her when he got really close and pulled her in. He was Mm -hmm. he was picking one of her pockets for sure. There's no way, there's no way he snapped like that. He did that all on purpose. He got the promotion because I bet you he needs the authorization to not call not to not flag ISB to do something. Because at the end of it, we're gonna he needs closure. Like this character needs closure. He is fully set. He is like Maul and Obi-Wan, right? Like he is full hellbent on finding Cassian because he Mm -hmm. wants to clear his name. He does not feel that his name is cleared. He wants to prove his point. And he wants to show that he's a he's a good inspector. And so he's still fighting to try to figure out where Cassian is. And he, I think that the episode 12 is going to end up with those two meeting back up. Like at a, like a gunpoint or something.
1: I almost feel like Karin too is going to end up being hired by ISB. And Miro is going to hate it. Because um, Partigaz and uh, Yularen will recognize people who go above and beyond. But there's this weird fine line between... I'm gonna go above and beyond and get my you get in big trouble because I went above and beyond. Or I'm gonna go above and beyond and prove my point, and the higher ups are gonna acknowledge it and say that was good. Yeah, that's Proceed. The,
2: that's the Thrawn mentality,
1: right? So I think he he's either gonna end up dead at the end of the season because he crossed the line, or yeah. like you said, face to face or something like that. And and you know they could just be setting us up to show you like make an example of this person. You know, who's so loyal to the Empire and then ends up getting executed or something by it for treason, you know, against ISB or something along those lines. Those are the only two ways I see his story either continuing or ending at the end of the yeah. season. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm care. I feel like Uncle Harlow is someone we know. Um, I And I'm so? trying. Just the way it keeps being mentioned. Yeah. And the fact that it hasn't been revealed, it just feels like a nugget of something there that I can't put my finger on. So I don't know. Maybe it's someone we know under a different name. <laughs> I was like, what if Uncle Harlow is like Emperor Pelfty <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Young yeah, how are you? <laughs> God, it's Nephew. been ages. Uh <laughs> I don't think anything in that matches up. It's really just a joke, but like that's where my brain is like darting everywhere saying who could God. it be? Nephew. Nephew, it's good to see you. Um Yeah, so I have a feeling the prison break is next episode, and then we got something juicy waiting for us in 11 and 12. I think the heat's going to get put on Mon Mothma, even worse. Um, She's going to make this deal with the gangster against her better judgment. It'll work.
2: Knowing that he has to come to her house, too, is also, like, really wild.
1: The thing that worries me about that is Perrin being there around somewhere. He can't be there when she's meeting with a a gangster, because that's what if yeah what
2: if he dies
1: i mean would you really be that upset i mean
2: i wouldn't be sad about it but he's kind of a douche like he doesn't really show up any anywhere else no he's he doesn't have a job tim that's what i'm saying like he doesn't show up in the, in aftermath so what if he just you know dies he's just
1: a good looking trophy husband
2: i don't know if we i mean he's something
1: I loved when he was at the table, like ridiculing Val and she was just giving it right back to him.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. That was that was rough. All of the all of the good ones are taken and you're too old now and blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh, oh, read the room, dude. It's like, actually, I have a
1: girlfriend, you prick.
2: Yeah. Then they're really cute together.
1: <laughs> they are. But she's on. Um, yeah, she's she's watching mom. Yeah. Who is also being watched by, by ISB. ISB as bait
2: yeah they're using her as a freaking pawn right now they're just a little piece on the chessboard so
1: she will probably also die by the end of the season I really
2: really like the isb like i mean like i like them as a bad guy i don't like them i mean they're cool they are neat tim huge fan of the cia i love the covert (laughs) work i love your work love your work
1: (laughs) all the wars you started the murder you've committed just beautiful
2: waterboarding
1: my favorite That's um, just
2: yeah, breathtaking. But I mean, like, they're they're like they're a really cool bad guy to have. They just fit really, really well
1: I mean, dude, the Empire is full of cool bad guys. Let's I know. I just like, like, come it is on. nice.
2: It is Kevin, it is nice to have a not fluffy, happy go lucky Star Wars story. It is nice to have a bad guy that is just always there and just doing nasty shit. It just it feels good.
1: I'm I I, I you know, I like it's I think show. the ISP is cool. And the problem is I like Wolf Ularn too. I think he's one of the best Star Wars characters. Because he was so, so fact- awesome
2: in Clone Wars. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah.
1: So the fact that he's in charge of everything is just like, ugh. Yeah, but yeah, like, okay, but
2: cool. even even in the Thrawn books, didn't you like him?
1: Yeah, because he's nice to Thrawn and him? I love Thrawn.
2: Yeah, but he isn't he like he doesn't I feel like Wolf doesn't do like he's he kind of like just like turns his eye to all the like the, the dark stuff that they have to do.
1: I think Wolf is a respected man. I do think he turns his blind eye to certain things, but I also think if you cross him, like...
2: Oh, sure, he'll drop a nuke on you.
1: Yeah, but if he likes you, he likes you. That's the mm-hmm. type of guy he is. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. People are spec Paul said people are speculating that Uncle Harlow's Luthan. I have thought that as well, and it seems like the most obvious. Yeah. So it's definitely... If,
2: if you're laying out all the solutions... Proud.
1: Why it would, would be, he on, be proud
2: that if he got a, if he got a a promotion. Like cuz he's that, playing a part. A part.
1: There's the relic shockkeeper yeah, guy is, that but, caters yeah, to the wealthy. Is,
2: but everything that Luthen does, he always wants to get a return. So what is what is the return on the nephew?
1: Well, no, I mean it's just the mother being like, "Your uncle Harlow. Da, 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 da.
2: I don't think it's Luthan. that doesn't make sense.
1: It could be, it's a possibility. I don't it doesn't do anything for me. That's my point. Yeah, like there's no real like. Oh, okay, it's Luthan. Now what? I'm, I'm just ready. For it.
2: Yeah, I think it's. Just, I think your original idea of it being like a bomb that's going to get dropped on us of like someone we know, you know, and, and Uncle Harlow is just a front, you know. But it's definitely going to be like a character we've seen before. I don't think they're going to drop another new character. Obi Wan. <laughs> Holy shit! Hello, hello there. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Well, I mean, we'll see what <in> happens. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Ciro, my nephew. <laughs> it's good to see
2: you. Just I see fucking the resemblance. He's ch- <laughs>
1: fucking Chewy.
2: <laughs>
1: what? This makes no sense. This is work. Isn't he with Han right now? Um. Oh my god, it's. It's Lando. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> Cyril. Hey, hey there, Cyril, buddy. <laughs> Uncle Hollows here. Me, your aunt Droid. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I want it to be Lando so bad.
2: It's <laughs> just Billy D.
1: It's old Billy <clears throat> D. Too. Oh, for yeah, for no reason. <laughs> it's just old Billy D.
2: Wood to be old Billy D. <laughs> 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 hey. Where
1: Wait, am isn't I? he isn't he young right now? Why is isn't, Billy D. Williams doing this? This
2: isn't the Millennium Falcon.
1: My last deal with Disney said I had to play Lando till I died. Holy crap. Young, old, doesn't matter. I still get my free on. <laughs>
2: so funny. He's got God. He uses a walking cane now. He's you get to the part like-
1: did you get to the part in the book where he has his cape closet and his flashback with his daughter? Yeah, it was really- I was cool. like, of course he has a cape closet. Uh, I mean, it's Cape yeah, for every occasion really funny.
2: That's, that's just, just a just... funny thought. That's gonna live there rent-free for the rest of the day Oh, man, I just I just
1: really hope it's Lando just that Billy, would just, just make old my old
2: Billy D. just that that's all we get until he passes is just him <laughs> as with, Lando.
1: with literally literally uh. no- no context whatsoever, no, exactly. and no advancement in that story. It's just exactly. that's his uncle Arlo. Oh, yep. beautiful. <laughs> Very. Funny. Um, let's talk about Tales
2: of the Jedi. Oh my God, so good so far. I've watched four episodes.
1: So I I, I watched the two and four. I skipped the um the Mace Windu episode, so we could watch, We could talk about Dooku. Um, man, it it uh.
2: <gasps> Wait, you didn't watch three? Was I supposed to watch three before four? I mean three th- the one with Mace okay so all right so I'll fill you in real quick the only thing that happens in 3 is that is when he like he's starting to question himself he's starting to like he, 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 Oh you he, said 2
1: and 4 know, that's I why I, I skipped saw,
2: I, I was I was watching through them sorry um but just real quick so it's literally just it's just the connection between uh Mace and Dooku. it's just kind of setting that up so you're you're okay you're fine I would I would go watch that but 2 and 4 I'm going probably- to anyways continue
1: no it's just the the first episode was interesting um it also that planet looked like i couldn't didn't have time to look it up the planet from mandalorian that we meet ahsoka on
2: yeah i thought the same thing as well
1: yeah the very like cowboy western samurai inspired planet yeah um so it may may not be i have no idea um so it was interesting because You know, I go from Andor where it's like, ah, the empire did everything wrong to now like really exposing the fallacies in the republic where these senators live these high and lofty lives. And you want to notice the common theme in both scenarios with rebellion, dissension, all that stuff It's always the younger people, Mm -hmm. the kids, the cousins, the nephews, like the nieces. They're the ones that that like this isn't right. I shouldn't be living like this while these people live like this. Yep. Um, and in both scenarios, you have Val and now you have the son of the senator. Um, <clears throat> literally to Dooku, like, yeah, I got captured, but this is this is wrong. This shouldn't you know, these people shouldn't be living like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I felt like that was Dooku's turning point in that was like, even this kid agrees.
2: Yeah. And then in, in episode three, it pushes it even farther with with him and, and Mace. They go and they they find out that a Jedi had been assassinated or been had died, and they go okay. They go to they go to pick her body up and to take it back to the Jedi Temple for burial, and and uh, Mace and Duku are doing an investigation of the site. They're like, okay, take us to where they died, and the, the 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 senator that's there. He's like, oh, what's the point? There's no reason. You know, it was so dangerous. You know, she was there protecting me. Um, and they start asking a bunch of questions. Come to find out, the security detail is who killed, um the Jedi and then they also end up killing the Senator for good reasons. It was a rebellion. They were, they, so they, they saw the Jedi and the, the Republic as, as this force of oppression because mm-hmm. that their Senator was taking money from them. It was just bleeding the, it was bleeding the planet. He was selling off the planet piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they, that's what was really frustrating. What's crazy is that at the end of that episode, he meets up with Qui-Gon. Um, and so that's when he's like, he talks to Qui-Gon and you could see like, that's the the last time that he saw Qui-Gon alive. Um, Cause it takes you right up to, it takes you right up to af, um episode one, when Qui-Gon goes to speak to the council about Darth Maul.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. That's, that's where it dropped us off at episode three. So then episode four starts and he's all pissed off because Qui-Gon's dead.
1: Interesting. All right. I'll watch that today when I'm eating my lunch. And just then so episode is, yeah, So then in.
2: episode four is that entire thing where he's like, you know everybody's wrong i wish they would have just listened to me
1: you know his his countenance like you see the seed of it in three and two mm-hmm. and then in four it was quite a shift but i knew the time jump so like yeah. i was understanding what happened i like that there's something in between so now i want to go back there's, and watch yeah, three so it's
2: just like it's a little jump yeah it gets a little jumpy it doesn't really explain it as much because like qui-gon's young in two and then when you see him at the end of three he's episode one qui-gon and you're like holy shit, how much time did we did we jump over from there and then when you get to when you get to 4 it's like right after the end of episode 1 and duke and so that's the cool part though is like this kind of fills the gap of what duku's doing like you see him he's the one who erate we so now we know that it w- it was duku who erased camino from the jedi archives yeah we saw it happen we saw it happen um and he's using he's using cyphodeus's identification to do it uh which i thought was really really cool um, and then this whole thing with like him in, it, i feel bad for yattle because like yattle was the one that talked to him um she talked to him at the end of episode three yeah when you watch three it'll make a little bit more sense i'm so sorry that i misled you on that one um That's episode fine. so episode three with yattle she's standing there with qui-gon and, and dooku and she's talking as a representative from the council and then at the end of, in the beginning of four or she Forge, she she's like i gave up my seat because they didn't listen to you because they didn't believe you and she's trying to side with him she's like, Hey, like I, I I understand your pain, all this stuff, and at that point, he's like, "It's too late." You know, it was kind of like he had already turned at that point, and he was like, "I I need I need this closure," and the closure was death.
1: Yeah, and, and for him, and again, I'm I'm speaking a little out of context without scene three, but the death of Qui Gon, he was already talking to the Emperor before that.
2: Yeah, so yeah so it seems like so during so during episode one it seems like duku was already talking to the the emperor because you you see he's like you know I lost a I lost an apprentice as you lost an apprentice you know right. and like and so at that point they were because there was the rule of two was still in was still in play you know so he was not there the, the emperor didn't have two apprentices I think he duku was just working i think at that point he was an agent of the emperor he wasn't actually his his uh his padawan apprentice death, yeah his apprentice. yeah because well
1: he might be by then because maul's dead if qui-gon's dead Maul, well, but yeah, maul's at presumed point, now, dead.
2: at that point now in episode four yes that's when when he when he completely gives himself to the emperor like like when he succumbs to that when like like it like vader does you know i submit master. myself to your yeah. teachings <laughs> so that was so that was him becoming the emperor's apprentice but like that was really cool that was really neat to see the turning of dooku um because but like now we know that you know dooku dooku was always kind of chaotic neutral yeah for you know he was always a little more dark side leaning um you know force choking people you know, threatening them with lightsabers, puts a lightsaber down on the table. He's like, "You're gonna tell me what happened here." It's like, "Holy shit, dude, that's aggressive!" Didn't even like try to mind trick him. Just showed up and just showed force. That reminded the, me a lot of Anakin.
1: The minute, well again, the master manipulator in the one scene where he's like over Dooku's shoulder while he's talking to Yaddle, and Yaddle's like, "I'm on your side." <laughs> it was literally that. Yeah. But he was, you know, doing his his insanely good manipulation. And the problem with Palpatine, and, and, you know, going back to Empire Did Nothing Wrong, is that when Palpatine speaks a lot of the time, you're always like, this all wrong. Mm-hmm. And the best villains do that, you know, Batman with Joker. Joker speaks, especially like Killing Joke monologue, and you're just like, mm-hmm. well, he's, he's, when he's like, how many times has World War Three almost started over a flock of geese flying across a radar screen? And I'm like... <laughs> the scene in in the dark night where he's talking to harvey and he's like if i say that i'm gonna kill and you know and a convoy soldiers nobody blinks an eye um the best villains always like you said the silver tongue the hint of truth enough truth that you go oh
2: and then once you get that doubt in there well that's for an for a negotiator that's when they know you they've got you
1: we even saw it in Rings of Power with with Sauron and Halbrand, like the things he was saying to Galadriel. You're like, well, he's not wrong. that's the best. That's
2: the best bad guys the guy when they just when you, when they when they believe that their truth is nothing but the truth. Then you're just like, oh wow, okay, I can understand from your point of view. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, you have
1: the absolute, and again, that scale yep. of evil, like you said, that he is that he's almost Dooku to me. It was it's like a means to an end for him. He's not sold on the idea of being a Sith, in my opinion. He's sold on the idea of bringing peace to the galaxy, which is usually the gateway to becoming a Sith. I, I don't think he's sold on the emperor completely. And I think it showed a little bit of a different side than we see in the movies. Cause when we meet him in the movies, he's obviously he's in, he's lightsabers yeah. ready, he blooded, he's blooded lightsaber and all well, that. I think stuff.
2: they did a great job of flushing out that character more in clone wars because like they gave him, they gave him so much more of a character where he was like, Oh, he was the third party. He was the, he was the the person who would come and intervene for the separatists, but he was always driving the narrative of the emperor the entire yep. time, even though he was trying to embody himself as a leader. Of the separatists, you know, and just like, oh, I'm doing this for peace, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and like, that's what I really love because you're right. Because by the time we get him in two, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, he's just a Sith Lord that that, and that's really it. But there's so much more to Duku, and, yep. uh, and and if anything, he he definitely like mirrors Anakin to a certain degree. Or I guess Anakin's path kind of mirrors Duku in the sense of like yep. he's doing it for the right reasons, right? You know, he wants he he sees the corruption. He sees the disloyalty. He sees everything that's wrong, but he only knows the the path of like of using force and being angry and, you know, doing all of this stuff. I wouldn't say correctly. It's just, it's, it's morally not right. Cause I mean, he's going down and he's just, he's just killing everybody.
1: You see it in legends canon. I'm sure they're going to start introducing it in higher Republic as well, but that's always what happens. These Jedi are very disenchanted with the Republic and, they showed it in episode two with dooku like this our way isn't working yeah so there must be another way and that is always the the gateway that's why Revan and malik end up as darth Revan and darth malik because at at first they leave to go fight a war against the council's wishes because they're like we can't leave these innocent people to fend for themselves against the mandalorians in the outer rim we have to defend them you know again so Taking on the Jedi principles and meaning, but not adhering to the council and they go out and do it. And this is this is the fun part. This is where you can have your debate that the Jedi Council is actually the thing that probably causes Sith to be Sith more than anything.
2: Well oh, it's it's the opposite, the
1: yin and yang. Right. They but the fact that they adhere to their principles to to a fault mm-hmm. so deeply, that's why when we meet um Jolie in in Coder and he's the great Jedi, he didn't go the Sith route. But he also knew the way the Jedi were going was not Look working either. Look how happy
2: the Wayfinders are! Like that's the other thing too is like when they live in this like peaceful middle, like they're like they're all they're just good and happy. Like they're they're li- they're literally living in the in between of good and evil, and they're just right there in the middle.
1: And they're that's good. what Disney that's what Disney wanted. They wanted to take the concept of the Great Jedi and expand on it beyond just like this this almost uh, classification of, of a force user mm-hmm. they wanted it to be that true balance is the path to enlightenment to peace to all of that stuff within the force which is not something that really happened with Lucas they touched on it with the great Jedi stuff but um you know true balance was where it was at so the Disney is really stretching out the force to yeah, its limits
2: Lucas was very polar it was he was either good or bad. there was there was nothing in between either you are a jedi or you were a sith and and there was nothing in between it it was one or zero and like now we're coming to find out that even in like some of the the the, uh expanding universe stuff there are sith lords that just lived a happy-go-lucky life they just saw that like the dark side was for them more appealing than the light side of the force but they were still like they were scholars and they just they didn't go wanting to conquer the universe they just they just saw that that path was better for them and they were good. They lived a very happy life and they didn't go conquer the galaxy. So like, yeah. and, that, and I, and I like that. I think that's really cool that you can like showcase that like this, it's not just like a, either you're a Jedi and fighting for good and you have to be like this, this, this Holy Paladin, or you are this tyrannical monsters being a Sith. And that's really neat that they're really are starting to flush that out more that there's all these force sensitive people or these people that all align in one way, but they don't really, they, they aren't those, those, those battle warriors. And that, but that was, you know, they're taking the idea of, like
1: I said, of Legends Canon, where a lot of these Jedi become Sith. Like if you read the go, the kel brothers story, same mm-hmm. thing. Well, they're disenchanted with the way the Jedi are doing things. They go off in search of, of enlightenment and true peace. And they end up like on Korriban or something like that. Oh, and then shit. all of a sudden these, yeah, you know, these people are like, oh, you want, you want true power. You want to understand That's the right. power inside of you and the force. Well, this is what you can do, yeah. you know, and then they're adherent to these these ancient sith ghosts and whatnot so i like that is the one thing i think disney has done very well has has proven that it's not this polarizing good versus evil that there's true balance which is very you know japanese in that samurai ninja type of you know like you said yin and yang that to me it really brings home that Side of what Star Wars is because that's a huge piece of Star Wars, so I'm, I'm I'm liking that, and I like that Clone Wars and some of the other shows have introduced us to Force users that practice balance and whatnot as well uh-huh. too, um, in that you know in that sense, and even other Force users like the witches of Dathomir that tap into the dark side, but they're not necessarily evil. That's just yeah, the power just they, they know.
2: Users. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, the more Star Wars blurs the lines. Mm-hmm. I think the more it'll, you know, keep people interested, because that to me, that's what makes Game of Thrones so interesting is there's no good guys and bad guys.
2: Right. Everyone's in it for their own gains.
1: The, everyone has their own ideas, their own morals, their own section. Some people are willing to compromise their morals. You know, you have people like Ned Stark who, you know, like, oh, he never tell a lie. He's, you know, one of the most respected men in the kingdom. Well, he got his head chopped off for it. Um, so spoilers. Um, So I like that Star Wars is bringing that into this. A lot of people with rings of power said the same thing. They were like, oh, the elves are, are you know, why are they so pious and assholey? I'm like, go read the Cimmerillion. They're dicks. Um, <laughs> they're huge assholes. They think they're better than everybody. Um, so just the idea of, because of, only elf people really knew was like Legolas and Elrond. And they're like, oh, look at them. They're so cool. Um, so I'm enjoying the lines being blurred because again, it goes back to what we said it to Andor in the beginning of the episode, the terrible things I've done in the name of the Rebellion. How much are you willing to compromise your morals mm-hmm. to get the objective that you seek? Yeah. You know, and, and even on the other side, how, much, how deep, dark, and dirty are you willing to get to maintain your peace and order in the galaxy? Um, and that's, the, that's what I'm enjoying. That's, yeah. These are the stories that are being told, and I think Disney's doing a very good job. It's not Disney, let's be honest. I think Dave Filoni and the rest of his crew are doing a very good job of bringing that to life and showcasing that so despite all the problems with Disney I think they're doing a good job of storytelling um within the shows
2: I just want a rated R star like this this show is so close to a rated R show that I were just like oh man like we get like a little bit of like I mean you are so close to Game of Thrones Kevin there's been butts we've seen a bit of side boob we've got, got post sex scenes yeah dude we've had <laughs> yeah we've had people taking pisses by rocks I mean like literally like, they no, I meant the word shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we also have like all they, they all I have to say is fuck, and I think we're we're at rated R. No, PG thirteen still. Is this PG or PG thirteen?
1: You're allowed one fuck, I think, on PG so thirteen. It's is TV. Still- I think Andor's
2: TV is fourteen. TV fourteen, dude. I'm. Oh my. I'm just saying they can up it a little bit more they could up it a little bit i was tv I'm looking, 14. i I'm uh I, I made the tweet this morning i said andor continues to blow me away what a banger of an episode and i was as you were talking i was looking through the re- the replies and it's really funny someone says best star wars series by far uh someone else says andor started very mid for me uh rings of power for me was a million times better i'll have to go ahead and give andor a fair shake and start watching again um it was my favorite episode so far. The delivery of every single line from the script is just incredible. Is it good? I really just can't get the meh to watch it. You know, it's just like, it's so crazy. Just picking some of these, these replies. And it's just like, great. I don't know. Awesome. I don't know. <laughs> it's just so, so interesting.
1: I, I am very excited to go back and watch it as one. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Cause I have a feeling I'll find new stuff. I'll know, you know, you, The best part is when you know the outcome, you know what to look for in the earlier episodes.
2: Um, I just want to do when this is all said and done, a watch party from episode one all the way to episode twenty-four into Rogue One, and I just want to see what that looks like. You mean through the trilogy at that point? Because you're, I I want, I just want, I just want to see like how does Andor's story because we know how it ends, and we've know we know how it begins, but to get that entire playthrough and then and then drop us off at the front door, just like watching Rogue, like I I watched Rogue One. And then immediately turned on episode four multiple times just because I I love the transition from and I and I fast for I tried to like fast forward it right to the moment of like when Leia's ship's going and the Star Destroyer is behind it because it matches up perfectly. And there's even someone on YouTube did that actual edit, and it's just one seamless piece, and it like it goes from like Zader's Vader's murder scene where he's slicing everybody up and it goes right into that, and it's just oh chef kiss, dude. It's perfect. They did an amazing job. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Like in every episode has gotten better and better for me. And I will be honest with you, Kevin, when we got into like episode three, I was worried. I was like, man, this is going to be rough. There's gonna be so many filler episodes. And, And honestly, I am really, really glad that I'm wrong. Because the later we've the longer we've gone, the longer these episodes have gotten, we've gone from 30 minute episodes to almost an hour long episode. Every time now, the pacing is perfect right now it feels oh no yeah I feel satisfied I feel like I'm I'm hooked at the beginning I'm satisfied at the end I'm good for that week like there's nothing it's not like Mando where you get like this stupid filler episode and you're just like what was that I waited I waited an entire week for that and every episode we have gone through and I'm just like that was good I really enjoyed that
1: because they're not fillers they're setups
2: they are every episode has had meat on the bone it has, it is has satiated my my Star Wars needs. It is just it feels good. It continues to tell the story. It's bu- it's a building block every episode. And I just like, man, I really hope they get this right going forward with other shows because having these having an episode every week that is a building block to your end goal feels so much better than just having filler episodes to make up time because it just doesn't feel good. This feels good. I no love it does. It.
1: It does. No, it's 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 been uh, it's been fantastic. I can't wait for these last uh, three, two, three episodes. Three. I think we got. Three yeah, more. we're
2: on. This is episode nine, so we have got three more.
1: Yeah, and, uh, wow. which is awesome because it's going to take us right up Thanksgiving and then Tim Thanksgiving weekend. You just watch it all. Um. Before we get out of here, one piece of news we do want to touch on. We couldn't get to all the news today, so we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff that's not as pressing. This one's pressing. Star Wars movies on hold due to Kathleen Kennedy's fear of the future. This comes from Uh, Puck.News, and it was reported by a bunch of other uh, athletes outlets. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy's stewardship, stewardship of the movie franchise continues to baffle as a key right hand exits, and a new film, perhaps the one in development with Damon Lindelof, isn't expected until at least 2025. Six Years after Rise of Skywalker. The nice way of saying it and new mantra at Lucasfilm is, quote, getting it right, unquote. It's accepted internally that the last trilogy, and especially after Rise of Skywalker, was rushed to meet release dates after Kennedy removed original writers and played it safe by basically rewriting A New Hope. Here's the issue, Kathleen, is you went from one extreme to the other.
2: What is she doing?
1: I just, I think her time... It's time to give Dave the baton.
2: What is she so afraid of? Like Star Wars is literally in the best place that it could possibly be in. Like if you have...
1: watch in- interviews with her, the well, the movies is her thing.
2: I know, but that's the whole thing. Is like a lot of I, I'm going to say I okay. I might get I might get in trouble for this. I think a lot of people have forgotten about the latest trilogy. Uh, to I I I fervently believe that these Star Wars shows have made up for. the 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 wishy-washiness of the star of the newest trilogy storytelling
1: i think the other problem is tim is that it's going to constantly be compared to marvel because of ownership and and that
2: but my point is is that star wars still regardless of everything that happened before with the with the last trilogy where it's at the brand as a whole is in a an amazing place so why play it scared why play so close to the chest and in the pocket when, when you are, every single experiment that you have put out into the wild has done well. Has done well. So why are they, why is she so scared? It makes absolutely zero sense to me. And all she's going to do is she's going to continue to strangle the life out of the cinematic universe of Star Wars. I am
1: curious what JPEG's role in all of this, because n- the movies came out under Iger's watch and Iger's Everyone loves him.
2: The thing, though, is I don't think Iger had a lot of decision making when it came to that. I don't think that was his his shot to call. I don't think I don't. I, yes, is he the guy at the top who signs the checks? Yes, but is he a Star Wars movie guy? No. So I still don't, I still don't think C, the CEO of Disney is playing into what Lucas Films is doing. Does he get to watch it at the end of the day and be like, ah, uh, yes, no? but like at the end of the day is he going to sit there with the notebook and try to trace all of this, you know, lore and make sure it's coherent and all this stuff? Is it visually was it appealing? Did he like it? Probably. That's the whole thing is like visually it was appealing. Visually it was a Star Wars movie. Visually it told a story. But if you if you look at it in the entire scope of Star Wars, it was kind of a mess. It was a lot of mess. But it still did its job. That's the whole thing is like it did what it was supposed to do. It got people interested in Star Wars. It got people talking about Star Wars, and it gave birth to an entire new way of us taking in Star Wars content, which is Disney Plus, and in in the stories that we have now. I I think because without without that trilogy mishap, I still don't think we would have a successful setup for Dave to 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 set up his entire thing.
1: I also think they're course the course correcting screwed them up because their idea was to like release three movies a year two movies a year like marvel and then they were switched to tv shows because mandalorian did so well Do you so think, i think
2: i also think clone wars might have played into that too people knew that people were conditioned to watch star wars in a show format because people were watching clone wars and rebels
1: yeah but like we said most most casuals won't watch animated the hardcore oh, no, no, people no, no, no. watch animated I,
2: I get that right but I'm just saying like that whole Venn diagram thing is, is like it was a lot easier to get like your conditioned Star Wars fans to just like continue watching Star Wars shows <clears throat> I yeah, also
1: oh, I also get curious how much of, of the pandemic and Disney Plus played into how Disney pushes
2: I would love content to see, out. I would love to see someone do an entire like just you know just research paper into like how how Star Wars evolved and what was what was the catalyst for all of it you know was it really was it the shows Was it the pandemic? Was it the the new trilogy?
1: For the purpose of Star Wars storytelling, because it is different than Marvel, TV shows have been much better to consume. I know it's more expensive. I know it's harder to keep, you know, talent that way. But it's just been better in in movies. You know, I don't want another trilogy unless it's in another era. I do not want to go beyond episode nine and learn what happens after. I don't mind TV shows that do that. I don't mind one-offs Rogue One style that talk about stuff that maybe has nothing to do with Rey or Finn or something like that. But I would, if you're going to do another trilogy, it better be in another era. It better not oh, be yeah. no, post-episode so nine. Did
2: you, see, did you see the article about what the, could potentially be, like what they were talking about the newest trilogy, how it was going to be a callback yeah. to, to characters that we already know? They have to.
1: And that again, it goes back to what we were saying a a week or two ago, like they got to pull this parachute at some point and and bring in the Marich aides and the Revens and and the Kyle Katarns
2: they need no i i think you're right they if they need to get experimental like the ninth jedi was so good that entire world that whole idea why don't you play off that the jedi visions get, been gone for 200 years that was like 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 we kept on saying visions was the playground just like what if is the playground like what if literally was the playground to figure out how they could make freaking uh, uh peggy captain america like they played with that whole thing
1: and then they put it in put it uh, big Multiverse of Madness, and it's the same thing with Visions. Like you, you, Vision season two comes out in spring next year, but um, Ronin got a novel. Ronin now has a comic book. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people like, like, like Ronin. I I liked it. Um, so it's it was I don't know. It's it's interesting to dissect it, and maybe we, we could do a little more over the course of the next few episodes on. Yeah you know what the future is going to be as we get more news, but it's a very rocky road. I did find it very amusing that EA made the comment that the reason they got this three game deal with Marvel was because of their quote success with star Wars end quote. Um, And I'm like, all it takes is like a 50% success rate and you can get a Marvel deal. I mean, come on, like then get, I'll take a Marvel deal on, on that those numbers. Because <laughs> as great as EA has been with 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 Battlefront and fixing Battlefront and giving us um, uh, uh, Fallen Order. Yeah, they've been equally as bad <laughs> canceling games and, you know, ruining that side of things. So I don't know. We will see, but we will see. That's all for today. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to episode 105 of Andor. Right, Tim, not Star Wars and Sky. <laughs> 65 minutes. Um, uh, we will be back next week with more Andor. The rest, I say we fig- finish Tales of the Jedi off next week. How do you feel about that? Yeah, for sure. So we'll we'll cover those those last two episodes. I'll catch up on three today. Um, and if there's anything I want to add, I'll add it next week. But you can follow Timmy's Darkness four two nine everywhere in the internet. He streams live on Facebook, ep.gd slash darkness four two nine. Monday through Friday, nine a.m. ish Eastern. Uh stop on by, say hello, drop drop a sub. You could throw stars at him too. You could just literally throw stars at him. Just, just like just a stripper. Like, just like a stripper. Just throw stars. Hey, flex for me. Break that <laughs> pumpkin with your legs. <laughs> so um and uh, uh everything I do is at rare drop, and go to rare drop.co. make sure you're following Star Wars and Scotch across the board too. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, uh, TikTok. Um there's some uh, uh, I went through the TikTok comments against my better judgment recently and oh I shouldn't no, have done that. So do
2: that?
1: yeah, I will never do that again. Uh but uh um uh, some of the comments are just hilariously evil. Uh they did, a for, lot of
2: people Thank you for the engagements. I you know who I feel
1: bad for? It was Ew. Cam. Some people loved Cam, and some people were so mean to Cam. I can't. I don't have the heart to tell him this, but I was like, "Why? He's Cam. He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Oh he wouldn't hurt a fly." Uh, but yeah, everything. Uh, if you want to send me anything, it's KevinXvision on Twitter, KMagic101 on Instagram. Uh, but we will see you next week for another episode of Star Wars and Scotch Tip. The
2: Force be with you. Always. <laughs>